The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. How should we measure or evaluate how our Christian lives are going? If we were to get a report card from God, what subjects would He evaluate? We will discuss this today on Grace in Focus. Thank you for tuning in. This is the radio broadcast and podcast ministry of the Grace Evangelical Society. We'd love for you to visit us on our website and find out more about us. That website is faithalone.org. You will find there resources and information about our national conference, which you can attend coming up this May 2024. That's faithalone.org. We also produce a YouTube video every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Find them on the Grace Evangelical Society's YouTube channel. Now with today's question and answer discussion, here are Bob Wilkin and Ken Yates. We are answering questions that uh, readers and listeners have sent in, and we got one from Sam. You know, this is a, a topic that in different Sunday school classes and stuff, I've been asked on occasion, so I, yes. think, I think it's a great one. And basically what Sam wants to know is, how do we know how we're doing in our Christian life? And specifically what he means is, at the judgment seat of Christ, how do we know how Christ is going to evaluate us? Yeah. And he mentions, he says, for example, when he was in school, he'd get a report card. You got an A in this subject, a B in this subject, you're doing good in this, need improvement over here. And you'd often get a six-week, here's how you're doing for the semester report. And his point is, we don't get report cards like that, so how do we know? And I, I guess if we could put it very simply, as a believer, can I know that the Lord's going to be pleased with my life? Or maybe even more specific, do I know that this is something he's going to reward if I'm doing something, you know, in this in this area of my life. I think maybe either generally speaking or maybe a specific act. Now, I may be putting words in Sam's mind, but how would you respond to that? Two things. First of all, I'd say a bit about what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4. And yeah. then secondly, what I want to say to Sam is we get lots of report cards throughout the course of any given year, we're getting lots of them, and I'll talk about that in a second. But in 1 Corinthians 4, Paul says it's in the first five verses, it's required in the steward that one be found faithful. He says, to me, it's a small matter that I would be judged by any human court. And actually, the Greek word there is not court, but it's what? Day, isn't it? Yeah, it's hemera. Yeah. And it refers to day as in the judgment seat of Christ. He doesn't care about any human judgment seat, any human day. Any human day where he might have to give an account. He's concerned about the day of Christ. And so he goes on to say, in fact, I do not even judge myself. So he's saying, look, I really don't know how I'm doing before in advance, For I know nothing against myself, yet I'm not justified by this. And he doesn't mean justified, he means before God, he means vindicated. I'm not vindicated by this. But he who judges me is the Lord. Therefore judge nothing before the time, that's the day of Christ, until the Lord comes who will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the hearts. So that shows that our motives have a play at the judgment seat of Christ. Do you think he's saying there that Paul is saying there that we don't always know our motives? Is that part of it? 
I think that's part of it, but I think the biggest part of it is he knows Jesus is the judge and he's not. Sure. And he is not an infallible interpreter of his own works. Right. I remember one time early when I got the concept of rewards, I had the bright idea of writing down things that I thought would give me treasure in heaven or eternal rewards. And I did that for a few days or so, and then I realized, in light of 1 Corinthians 4, where Paul says, I don't judge myself, it's foolhardy to try to do that. Because what? how do I know for sure that what I'm doing has eternal value and that my motives were right? So I just leave that to the Lord, and that's the right attitude. But the second part of what I wanted to talk about with Sam's question is report cards. And it seems to me God gives us many people in the course of our lives who help us know how we're doing. For example, if we have a spouse and we have a good relationship, then our spouse should be able to tell us how we're doing. Right. Sharon gives me a good idea how I'm doing. I'm sure Pam gives you a good idea at how you're doing. Now, our spouses aren't infallible. You know, our, our spouses don't get everything right, but... Generally speaking, if they think we're doing well in our Christian lives, there's a good chance we are. Because they see us when no one else sees right. us. Right. They see the secret person. And then, of course, our parents, if our parents are still alive, they see us and know us well, and they've known us our whole lives. And if our parents are believers, they can give us some insights into how we're doing. I think of friends. If we have close friends. You know, people talk about accountability groups and things like I don't really think we need an accountability group. I think we have accountability built into friendships and built into marriage and built into church. It's coming. It'll be here before you know it. What am I talking about? The Grace Evangelical Society's National Conference 2024. It will take place May the 20th through the 23rd at Camp Copus, an absolutely beautiful campground in North Texas, right on the lake with lots of recreation, great food, a great place to stay, wonderful fellowship, and wonderful free grace Bible teaching. Information and online registration now at faithalone.org slash events. Come and join us, faithalone.org slash events. And that's another thing. The leaders at our local church, elders, those people are giving us report cards. And if we're doing well, they will tell us, hey, we think you're doing well. And if there's a problem, they'll come and talk to us about the problem. And another person that gives a report card is a mentor. I had Zane Hodges as a mentor for about 25 years. I found that he was kind of a helpful judge of how I was doing. I remember one time when I was 39, I was asked to be an elder at a Bible church. I thought I was a bit young for that, and also we had no children, and the New Testament picture for an elder is a married man with children, and the children who are obedient and managing their own household well. And I remember Zane said to me, yeah, I think, I think Bob, you're old enough. Uh, I've known you for a long time, and I believe you are spiritually minded. And I was struck by what he said. That wasn't what I would have said if someone asked, am I qualified to be an elder? But he was thinking in terms of 1 Corinthians 2, 14, 15, and 16. That was encouraging for me to hear him say, I believe you're spiritually minded. You appraise things spiritually. 
you know, I didn't have too many experiences like that with Zane, but he always gave me the feeling that he approved of me and what I was doing, except for one time when I published an article he didn't think I should publish. And I, I realized that I probably shouldn't have published that article. And Did but, he tell you beforehand or afterwards? Afterwards. Oh. <laughs> afterwards, he said, you should have gotten feedback. I'd asked him to look at it, but he didn't feel like it was his place because it was a kind of a controversial article related to him. So anyway, to make a long story short, we got over that. I realized I shouldn't have published that, or certainly not without getting him or someone close to him looking at it. So with someone like that, you would get occasional report cards, but you knew that he could give you a report card at any time. You could rely on at least, at least to give you his view on something. Or yeah, something. and to give you an idea, for about, I'm not sure, about 1992 till about 2003, we were at Victor Street Bible Chapel together, and I preached once a month, and I taught at the Lord's Supper once a month. So twice a month I would be speaking, and he was in the audience listening. He didn't show uh, what he was thinking much. It was kind of rare when he would comment afterwards. Either good or bad. It was extremely rare if it would be bad. But in terms of the good, occasionally he would come up and you'd go, you know, Bob, that was an excellent message. Oh, wow. Or, Bob, that you ought to turn that into a booklet. That would make a nice booklet. I think, I think GES should publish that as a booklet. And there were times like that, and it meant so much to me. Of course, I realize my ultimate audience is God, not my mentor, not the people in the congregation, right? God is my audience. But on the other hand, the people in the audience, if they are themselves spiritually minded, can give me some insights into what God thinks. And I think that happens a lot. I think that, you know, people that you study with, you know, they'll either encourage you or something or, or whatever the case may be. Now, I want to, with the rest of our time I have, talk about another issue with this question. You mentioned 1 Corinthians 4, right? and you and I, I don't think, have ever talked about. My personal view there at the end of chapter 3 is that he's talking about, Paul is talking about himself and Apollos and faithful teachers. Yes. And when he says he himself will be saved, obviously he's not talking about saved from hell. You mean 315? Yes. Yeah. You know, if he gets stuff burnt up. Right. He himself will be saved. Seems to me that what he's saying is, that if a person is faithfully serving the Lord, right. he's going to be saved at the judgment seat of Christ. And so to get to Sam's question, if I am, or if anybody, is faithfully serving the Lord, wanting to serve him, right. he's going to be approved. Now, obviously, there's different levels of rewards at the judgment seat of Christ, but he's going to obtain the Lord's approval at the Bema. I so agree, and I take your same view on 1 Corinthians 3.15, that it's not talking about who gets into the kingdom, but well, it's yeah. talking about who is spiritually healthy. In fact, I remember one time I was talking with Zane about the day of Christ, and he said, well, no, everybody knows that refers to the Bema, the judgment seat of Christ. And I said, well, what about 1 Corinthians 5.5? 5? What does that mean? I've delivered such one over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh that his spirit might be saved in the day of Christ Jesus. He said, well, yeah, that refers to the judgment seat of Christ. And what it's talking about is the flesh and the spirit. Sure. And the flesh refers to our fleshly inclinations. Yeah. He's delivered them over so this man would stop living with his stepmother, would stop being involved in immorality, and instead he would be spiritually healthy at the judgment seat of Christ. And he said, you know, the word sozo is often used of being healthy 
in the New Testament. Your faith has made you well. Saved from dishonor, saved from shame at the bay James James 5.15, the prayer of faith will save the sick. Well, it doesn't mean save from hell. It means heal the sick. There are lots of examples there. And when he said that, it got me to thinking about 3.15. So I wholeheartedly agree with you. I would say as long as Sam is faithfully serving Christ, the issue is twofold. Number one, how wholehearted is he? Because the third soil is the one that's choked out by cares, riches, and the pleasures of life. Or is he the good soil? So how faithful is he within serving Christ and being faithful? And secondly, will he persevere? Because remember, Paul said, I discipline my body and bring this subjection, lest when I preach others, I might be adakimas. It's not till we get to 2 Timothy 4 that he says, I have fought the good fight, I've finished the race, I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord will give to me, and not only me, but to all who have loved his appearing. So Sam, if you love Christ's appearing... And you're serving him, we're all going to have some wood, hay, and stubble that's going to be burnt up. Right. But we also know we're going to be rewarded. Absolutely. Thanks, Sam. We appreciate that question. And remember, keep keep grace grace in focus. Be sure to check out our daily blogs at faithalone.org. They are short and full of great teaching, just like what you've heard today. Find them at faithalone.org slash resources slash blog. We would love to hear from you. Maybe you've got a question, comment, or some feedback. If you do, please don't hesitate to send us a message. Here's our email address. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. And when you do, very important... Please let us know your radio station call letters and the city of your location. On the next episode, what is the difference between believers in God and sons of God? Join us, and until then, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.